want to take some time here this morning and just to kind of continue in the message from, from last week. And so this is kind of part two of the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and just, man, talking about the power of Pentecost, right? And I was like, God, what? I mean, because, I, man, I pray for these messages. You can ask my wife. I mean, I go into some, Lord, what would you have me to say kind of things, right? There, there, are, a book, there are books you can buy that like sermons, right? And missionals, but I'm like, Lord, I want to have a fresh word for today. I want to have a fresh word for right now. And I believe that I have a word. God has given me a word for right now, for in this season, a, 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 a word for in due season, for a weary and tired heart. Come on, I believe that God is going to do something miraculous today. Come on, I believe that God has, has you here for a purpose, that God has brought you to this place for such a time as this. God has put an anointing on your life. God has put an assignment in your life. Pastor Darrell preaching my message this morning that we have an assignment to fulfill in, in Christ. Come on, the kingdom of God isn't just a network of churches. Come on, the kingdom of God is the church at work in the communities around us. We have work to do. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you got some work to do. Well, say with some conviction like you really believe it. Say, you got some work to do. I want to just look in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, and uh, just read from that. As a matter of fact, can we stand together on our feet? I just want to give some reverence here this morning for the Word of God. How many of y'all love the Word of God? Man, the Word is powerful. Man, if you lack power in your life, read the Word. Spend time in the presence. Man, there's so much power. There's power in daily spending time in the presence. Come on, don't just think, I don't just think I need to read my Bible today. Say, I need to spend some time in the presence of the Lord today. So today I just want to read from the book of Luke. We're going to read chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And this is, of course, Jesus standing in the synagogues. We read this last week. And Jesus says this: He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, how, how many of y'all know it is it's up to the church, our role is to proclaim that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Come on. This is the word of God. You can be you can be seated here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. I, I just want to talk a little bit this morning that we need the spirit of the God of, of God in our lives. Come on. We need the spirit of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost in our lives more now than I believe ever before. Come on. You need the discerning gifts of the Holy Ghost operating within you. Well, there are forces, there are principalities, there are powers, there are things in this world, spirits of the air. Well, my brother talked about TikTok. Brother, I don't know what TikTok is, but it sounds wicked. It sounds like an alarm clock. That's kind of like, whoa, man. Yeah, we have things that are, that, are, that are trying to consume us, and we need the Spirit of God to, to, to manifest itself through the gift of discernment. Well, the church needs to be discerning in this season. And we can't do that without the Spirit of the living God living inside of us. We need the Spirit of God in our churches. Come on, I, I mean, 
Brother, I'm sorry that your school is not seeing a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. But if the Word of God doesn't lead us to the gifts of the Spirit, then, then we're reading it wrong. Well, the Bible's more than a historical book. Come on, Jesus did more than just die for our salvation. He died to give us an assignment on this earth. We need the Spirit of God operating in our churches. I want such a passion for the poor. I want such a passion for the brokenhearted. I want such a passion for the lost in this community. That, that I can't sit still. I, don't, I can't watch Netflix for hours and hours and hours. That must be my TikTok. I, I can't just waste time. I want, I want such a burning fire in my heart. Come on, not just to show up to a revival service, not to just come to church. I want a fire in my heart to reach the lost, to heal the sick, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Man, 20 years ago, I gave my heart to Jesus. And it was like that day I became a new, cre a new creation, a new creature. My old things passed away. All things become new. For me, that day was the acceptable year of the Lord. That day was like a new, like new life was breathed into my lungs. Well, we need the Spirit of God operating in our families. I mean, I, I, I want to see family revival. I want to see revival in the family. Well, how many of you know the enemy is attacking families? I mean, divorce has become a common thing in this season. Well, just parents and, and uh, dads just not paying attention to their kids. I'm going to spend more time at the hunting camp than I am with my family. I, I, sorry, guys. I mean, it's, it's not hunting season, so I can pick on hunters right now. I'll, I'll tame it down in October. Don't worry. It's teal season. So, you know, I might be out there. But I'm just saying, my point is, is that we can't, we, it's not about I don't have time. It's just your priorities are misaligned. I want to see revival in family. I want to see families praying together. I want to see families coming to church together. I want to see uh, families operating in the power of Pentecost together. Don't think your son or daughter can't lay hands on the sick. Come on, Jesus says to come to me as little children. I think we need childlike faith in the church once again. Man, the, I, 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 the, on the day of Pentecost, the, the apostles and the disciples, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Something changed within them. Their, their priorities changed. Come on, they quit arguing about what the Bible said, and they started doing the things that the Bible said. It wasn't like they showed up in the upper room and said, hey, we're at a revival service, selfieing and, and sending out Snapchats and all this other stuff. Come on, it wasn't just about the service. They didn't just say, hey, we're going to schedule another meeting. Hey, we need to come back together again. No, they went out and changed the world. This is what the Spirit of God does in the life of believers. They went out and shared the good news. And the message is simple. We sang about it this morning. Well, the message is simple. I want to just kind of read just quickly in the book of Acts chapter 2. Verse 36, this is right after the day of Pentecost. And, and Peter, he goes and he begins to preach in boldness because something came alive within him. Oh, man, I, I'm praying right now. God, let something come alive. Let it come alive. Lord, let it come alive. Well, let the resurrection life begin to flow forth from this place. Lord, let these anointings, these callings come alive today. I want them to come alive within us. Come on, this, this burden for the lost, let it come alive. Something came alive in Peter. 
But it wasn't just, oh, we had a revival. Ah, hallelujah, spoken tongues. It was amazing. It is amazing. But something came alive. Something came alive. Something came alive within him. It says it in Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 39, Peter stands up in the midst of, of Jerusalem. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Come on, God filled Peter with a burden. He filled them with, their, with his Holy Spirit and with fire. And there was boldness that came upon him. And he began to speak the truth. The simple message that Jesus died for you. That it was your sin that put him on the cross. You crucified Jesus, but he raised again to new life. And now he wants to live in you. Well, the gospel is simple. The gospel is simple. First, Jesus died for your shame. Jesus died for your anxiety, for your depression. He died for your sin. He died so that way you don't have to sin anymore. He died so that way you can live a life of abundance. And don't tell me, I, I have, look, sinners don't want to sin. Don't tell me Jesus is a crutch. Well, your sin's a crutch. Let's just be honest with you. Let's just be honest. Come on. Your tobacco addiction is just a crutch. Well, your alcohol addiction, that's just a crutch. Your sexual addiction, it's just a crutch. You can't even make it through the day doing the things you want to do because sin has you so bound up. Just be honest with yourself. Come on, if you want freedom, if you want to, if you want to live a life of power, if you want to live a life of peace, come on, give your life to Jesus. That's the only way. Jesus ain't a crutch. Come on, he came to set the captives free. The Holy Spirit, it gives us boldness, power, gives us faith. Man, it's like God is doing something. God is waking up his church. Friends, the church is waking up. I was at a conference this weekend, and it was powerful. But the message is the same. It's what we've been preaching because God is doing something. We had speakers from Argentina and from Florida evangelists who travel around the world, and the message is the same. I, I have friends who evangelize in the whole eastern seaboard. I have friends who evangelize in the whole western seaboard. Friends in Africa, friends in Asia, friends in Pakistan. The message is the same. The world is groaning for truth. And the church is sleeping in our houses. We're sleeping just, hey, Lord, we have the truth. Thank you, Jesus. We got, we got, we don't have to worry about it. No, God is waking the church. This generation is hungry for the thing, for a move of God. I believe that this generation is seeking a genuine move of God. God, this generation is seeking God. I love it. Where, where the spirit of God is poured out. You know where the young people go? to those churches because they're tired of the old-timey broken religion that just gives you a bunch of rules, that gives you a bunch of regulations. Come on, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I don't need rules if I have the Spirit of God living in me. 
I don't have to tell you you're in your sin. The Holy Ghost does that. Man, I'm telling you, this doesn't mean we're just going to have, oh, do whatever you want. Because when you got the Spirit of God living in you, you can't do whatever you want. He won't let you. I told a story last week. I lost my temper. I, like The Holy Spirit just, oh, so bad. I mean, it's like, oh, God, stop. He says, call and apologize. Yeah, okay. Oh, man, my battery's dying. I've heard many people, man, just the church is so, the world is looking for a genuine move of God. And it's like the church is looking for some type of, of sign of a move of God. I've heard many people say this, their comments. There's like, hey, man, should, look, this is the signs of the times. I mean, I've heard people say that, yeah? This is a sign that Christ is coming back. I mean, even the apostles asked Jesus, they're like, you know, how do we know that the sign when you're going to reestablish your, your church on the earth? I mean, the church is so busy looking for a sign. I mean, we're like, what's the sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? We're looking for signs. And I believe that the generation is looking for a move of God. They're looking for the genuine thing. And we're sitting here looking for signs. But I think that today I want to say that we're looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for the wrong thing. Well, the generation is not looking for a sign. They're looking for a move of God. They're looking for an outpouring of the presence of God. The church is looking for a sign when we should be looking for an assignment. Come on, the church is looking for a sign, and we need to start looking for an assignment. Come on. Come on, the Holy Ghost didn't come on the day of Pentecost. That way we can have a sign that he was here. Come on, he came to give us an assignment. Friends, you know, if, if the only evidence of the Holy Spirit living inside of you is that you speak in tongues, friends, you ain't got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You should have such a burning desire for the broken, for the lost, for the sick, for the lame. You should be laying hands on the sick, and they need to be recovering. I am here today to tell you that we are going to operate. We are going to activate the gifts of the Spirit in this house. Come on, I want to activate the gifts of the Spirit. I don't want to look for a sign. I want to begin to operate in an assignment that's from heaven. Come on, Jesus didn't go leave heaven. I mean, think about it. He was in heaven. He didn't leave heaven, grow up on this earth, deal with the problems of people. He, he wasn't you, you tried and crucified, buried and raised again on the third day. Jesus didn't teach and preach for 40 days after the resurrection and then and then 10 days later, send the fire of Pentecost just so that way we can have a sign. When the Holy Ghost didn't come to give us a sign. He came to give us an assignment. Now I want an assignment from God in my life. Come on, I'm tired of following people with titles. I want to start firing people with passion. I want to start following people with assignments. I want to start following people who are accomplishing the will of God on the earth. I want to start following people who are laying hands on the sick and they are recovering. This is the assignment that God has given to us. Come on, God didn't come to just give us an odor of heaven. Man, I love the sweet aroma, the presence. He didn't come to just give us an odor. Come on, he came to give us orders from heaven. We've got work to do. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, we've got work to do. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, quit looking for a sign and start looking for an assignment. I was talking to 
to David before church. He's like, man, me and him, we like to go backpacking and I like to go on vacation, you know, but I don't go on vacation. So that way I can read all the signs on the way to my vacation. Come on. All those signs are just indicators that I'm heading in the right direction. Come on. When we begin to follow God, when we have the Holy Ghost, you want to know why you don't see any signs in your life is because you haven't been following God in your assignment. Why would he waste his gifts on someone who won't use them? Man, that's like, that's like Christmas, three days after Christmas, you walk in there and your kid's present still under the tree. I mean, come on, somebody. He wants to give his gifts to those who are going to follow him. Well, Jesus said to his disciples in John 4, 35 and 36, he says, do you not say there are still four months and then, or he said, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. He said, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Friends, if you're looking for a sign, quit looking for a sign and lift up your eyes. Look at the world around you. Come on, we don't need, a, we don't need to change the world. We need to change our perspectives. Come on, we need to begin to look and see people differently. Come on, when I drive in downtown Lafayette, I don't see drug addicts and prostitutes and homeless people. Come on, I see people who are depraved of the, of the living God operating in their lives. I see those who need the message of the cross. And when I go to the jails, I don't see inmates and, and, and prison guards. Come on, I see people who need a touch of the living God in their life to change them. We don't need to change the world. We need to change our perspective. God has sent us to change the world. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're, you're a world changer. Come on. You're a world changer. Come on, when you have the spirit of the living God, Living inside of you. You have all you need to change the world around you. Come on, it's not a race for the biggest church. Well, there are souls out there who need to know Jesus. Come on, it's not a, it's not a race so we can have the best worship team and, and the biggest buildings. It's not a race so we can have the most influence in our community. Come on, it is a race for the lost. We're not in a race against the world. We are in a race against the devil. Come on, we are in, in battle against the, 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 the enemy of our soul. Man, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Ah, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I, mean, I believe that Jesus is in the heart transformation. God wants to transform some hearts this morning. Well, I, I, that's, he wants to transform some hearts this morning. Come on, he wants to shift our perspective. He wants us to quit looking for signs. We, we wants us to quit arguing about, well, is this the Holy Ghost? Is that the Holy Ghost? Is this the real church? Is that the real church? Friends, when you get too busy setting captives free, it's not so much worried about all of your, your doctrinal differences and your doctrinal issues and your preaching styles. And Who cares? Come on, who is reaching the lost with the message of Jesus Christ? He says, we'll, we'll know them by their fruits. We'll know them by their fruits. Come on. I want to be a fruit bearer for Christ. God has called us to be his witness. Come on, not his attorney. Well, he didn't call us here to defend him. He didn't call us here to defend the Bible. Come on, he didn't call us here to be his attorney that we can argue a case for him. Come on, he called us to be a witness to him, to what he has done. 
Jesus can set you free from addiction. Friends, I'm telling you that because I've lived it. Jesus is, he can set you free. He can set the captives free. Hallelujah. Jesus. I want to read. I want to read. We've been reading through the book of Jonah this week. So I want to just give some context a little bit just for a few moments here this morning. But I don't want to read in Jonah right off. I want to actually read to, I want to go to the book of Matthew. And we're going to look in chapter 12, verse 39 through, through 41. I think we might have that up on, on the screen. And this is Jesus. He's talking to a group of Pharisees. And these are some religious leaders of the day. And Jesus looks at him. He says, after they've been arguing and discussing this and that, and when can I heal people? And when can I, can I do this? What, what, what are all the, you know, it's like, when can we pray in tongues? When can we not pray in tongues? Does there need, I mean, he's answering all of these irrelevant questions that nobody really cares about a whole lot. And, and, and he looks at these Pharisees, these religious leaders that, in Matthew 12, 39, he says, but he answered and said to them, he said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. He says, but and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And Jesus says, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. I I just want to talk about this for a few moments this morning, and then I want to take some time in prayer and activation. I want to take some time for those of you who've got a call on your life, and maybe you've started walking away. Maybe you've started running. Maybe you said, well, maybe that's not really from the Lord. Maybe you've been questioning what God has said to you. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come to these altars and repent, and God will deliver you and set you back on the path of righteousness. Jesus says, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. But I'm here today to tell you that we have all the signs we need. Well, many of you are saying, well, I'm just waiting for a sign from the Lord. We have all the signs we need. How many of you know it is written? Come on, the word of God is truth. Come on, Jesus has given us assignment. He has given us direction. He has given us purpose. And yet we say, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Friends, the Lord is waiting on you. I, I, this is the equivalent. I, I, I didn't have a metal detector. I thought it would fit being as we have this desert theme for VBS. And, but I, I was thinking, can you imagine if we, were, if we had a metal, everybody know how a metal detector works? And I mean, so just imagine with me. I'll help you imagine a little bit. I'm walking around with my metal detector and, you know, I'm kind of doing this whole detecting thing and I come, beep, 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 beep. Oh, something there. You walk, start walking. Oh man. There, there it is. There's something there. Oh man, that's something there. Oh, this is what we've been looking for. It's right here. Okay. You're walking along. There's something buried here. Wow. That's amazing. This is this is the cultural norm for the church today. 
Come on, we, we're like spiritual metal detectors. We walk around, oh, God is doing something here. God is doing something here. But it's until we actually begin to get a shovel out and start digging, we start saying, oh, God's doing something here. Now it's time for me to get operate active in my gifts. Come on, we're waiting for a sign, but the sign's just an indication that we have an assignment. Maybe our quest for a sign is so that we, we don't have to take responsibility for our assignment. I can only think of Gideon. I mean, Gideon has, uh, he's in the wine press and he's down here and he's doing his thing and he's, you know, he's, he's pressing his grapes, he's making his juice, he's doing his stuff and an angel of God appears to him and says, Gideon! I'm going to use you as a mighty warrior. He's like, that's wrong, Gideon. Wrong guy, man. Say, no, it's the right guy, Gideon. And Gideon's like, okay. And, and, and Gideon was so concerned that he said, let me put out a fleece. Let me just make sure. Oh, and, and then God does exactly what he said he would do. Let me just make double sure. Come on, friends, y'all are running out of fleeces. Come on, the church is running out of things to put out. Come on, it's time for us to get to work. It's time for us to start operating in what God has called us to. It ain't enough to just go say, oh, there's revival here. Oh, God is pointing something out here. Oh, God has got some treasure here. Nope, it's time for us to pull out our shovels. It's time for us to get to work and start digging for the things that God has for us. Well, a sign is just an assignment. The gifts of the Spirit aren't just so that way I can make you feel better. It's one of the reasons I don't operate in the gift of prophecy. Because I just hurt everybody's feelings. I'm a pastor. I've said that. I, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Stay in my lane, Joe. But man, I'm going to stay in my lane. And I'm going to operate in my lane. I want to stir up the gifts within you this morning. Come on, I want to see you begin to operate in the assignments that God has on your life. I want, you to quit. I want you to put aside every excuse that, God, that, that the enemy has given you for not doing what God has called you to. Is it convenient? No. It cost Jesus his life. It cost Peter his livelihood and ultimately his life. It cost Paul his, his reputation and ultimately his life. Come on, man. The assignment's not easy, but it's necessary. You're reading about Jonah. And I just want to just take a few moments to point out that, that Jonah did more than just get swallowed up by a big fish. And for all of you thinkers out there who struggle that, what, did Jonah really get swallowed by a fish? Well, did Jesus really die and raise again on the third day? If you can believe that, then you can believe Jonah. If you can't believe Jonah, then you may struggle with believing in Christ. That may be a roadblock for you. But when Jesus told this story to the Jewish people, this spoke more, more than just that Jesus was going to be in the belly of the earth for three days. Because I believe that God spoke to Jonah, as Pastor Darrell pointed out today, that, that God spoke to Jonah. Jonah was a prophet. Come on, Jonah was a man 
of God. In fact, Jonah was so influential in in Jewish history that Jonah was likely right after and operating under the mantle of Elijah. It's like it was like Elijah, Elijah, Elisha, and then likely it was Jonah. Jonah was this man of God. He was a powerful man of God. And he heard God. In fact, God had given Jonah assignments. And he said this. He said that, that, that Jonah, in Jonah 1, verses 1 through 2, he says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, and saying, he said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And you see, we have to understand the context of who Jonah is to understand what Jesus is saying. Because Jonah was a Jew. In fact, he was a devout Jew. Jonah was a man of reputation. He was a man of status. He was a man who had accomplished great things in the kingdom. I mean, Jonah was a well-established guy. In fact, in 2 Kings 14, 25, it says this about Jonah. It says, he, this being the king of Israel, restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath, Hephar. I mean, Jonah was a prophet that spoke for God. Jonah was a man of reputation. And God told Jonah, he said, Jonah, arise. He said, go to Nineveh. And and, and I just want you to just kind of contextualize for a moment. Nineveh was a city in Assyria. And Assyria during that time was Israel's sworn enemies. Like Israel and Assyria, they did not get along. There were, there were some major things. And, and when God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and begin to prophesy over the people of Nineveh, this is something that has never happened. This is something that was totally unique. God didn't use prophets in this way at that time. And Jonah knew. He said, this is going to ruin my reputation. Man, this is going to be a waste of time. God, they're not going to listen. They're not your people. This is going to tarnish my name. And, and oh my goodness, what would people think? So he ran from his calling. And, and I'm just here to say today that, that I know that today God has asked some of you to do some things that seem to be impossible. Come on, God has asked you to do some things and you're just like, man, that, what would the people at my place of employment think if I begin to pray for people, if I begin to pray before we ate at lunch? Well, that's not even a prophetic word. What, what would people think about? I mean, maybe it's just a waste of time. They're not going to listen anyway. Jesus, they don't follow you. Why would I buy, waste my time with them? This is going to tarnish my, I don't want to be one of those Jesus freaks. Get it out of your system. It's either you're going to be a Jesus freak or you're not going to be one at all. I mean, it's just, it's what it is. We are called to be a peculiar people, a people set apart. Will people think you're weird? Yes. But you know what? In God's eyes, they're weird. They're weird. We're not weird. In God's eyes, we're normal. They're weird. That may help you. I don't know. Okay. There went my iPad. Somebody say, praise God. I printed my notes. Say my first time preaching. Let me find out where I was. Hey, just don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm well over halfway. You see, Noah had a, had a concern. Whoa, I'm further along than I thought. You see, in his story, it says that the prophet was swallowed up by a great fish because he ran from the calling. And I believe that some of us are 
we've run from the calling of God on our lives. And there was some moment in time, maybe it was when we were baptized in the Holy Ghost. God said, you're going to be a missionary. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to accomplish the will of God on this earth. And then things begin to happen. I mean, I have things happen to me all the time. But sometimes we have to reprioritize. We have to say, no, but God said, and, 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 and Noah was, I mean, jo uh, Jonah was swallowed up by this great fish. And I believe that when we run from the calling of God, when we run from the assignment of God on our life, that God puts us in this place of waiting. Come on, and this great fish is a, a place of obscurity. It's a place where you may seem like you are forgotten. It's the place where we have a tendency to wait for a sign from God. Well, how many of y'all have ever been there? Like God tells you to do something and then you don't do it. And then God just said, well, I'll move on. And you end up in this place of obscurity, this place of, that, that's unknown, this place of, of confusion, this place of unrest, this place of uncertainty, this place of depression, this place of where you think God forgot about you. And you're just in this way, this place of waiting, like, oh, God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. God, if you're real, if you really called me, give you a sign. Give me a sign. And God's like, I've already given you one. I've already given you an assignment. I've already given you everything that you need. And I believe that God is here today. I believe that God is speaking to you today, saying that you don't need an assign, a sign. You already have an assignment. And you need to quit looking for God to speak to you again and start operating in the assignment that God has called you to. It's time for you to cry out to God in repentance. In the same way that Jonah repented you can repent in Jonah chapter 2 God Jonah cries out to God he says Lord forgive me Lord let your mercy fall upon me and it says this in Jonah 2 10 says so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land come on I believe that when we when we forget our assignment, when we run from the call of God on our lives, it's not that it's too late. We can repent. We can change directions. We just need to call upon God. So many of you are so busy cursing the fish that you're not calling on God. Come on, we, we think, oh man, if only I'll curse the fish. No, nope. call on God. He'll curse the fish. Come on, God has the power to speak to the fish. See, Jonah says that, that Jonah, he, he cried out to God and the Lord spoke to the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry ground. I believe that God can speak to those things that are holding us in bondage. Come on, he can speak to the debt that may have control over your life. Well, some of us have such, we have a call on our life, but we're so bound by, by natural debt that we can't fulfill the call. I'm stepping on toes. Major my job is my calling so quit letting debt control your life and you say Lord get me out of debt quit letting bitterness and unforgiveness this thing just totally obnoxious check check there we go well some of us get so consumed by the thing that has us bound that we forget about the calling on our life Come on, we, we let unforgiveness bring us into the belly of the fish. Come on, we let debt bring us into this place of obscurity. Come on, we let, we let addiction begin to control where we are in life. And you want God to deliver you. But I believe that God is saying this today. Repent. Repent. Wake up. Call on God. Come on, 
Quit worrying about God. Give me a sign. He has given you a sign. He sent his Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago. Hey, make sure this is working in the live stream too, by the way. Okay. We were having some issues last week. We need to repent. We need to wake up, church. We need to wake up. God has called us. He's given us assignments. In Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Oh, oh man. Oh. This is good. So many of us, man, we get, we get like in this, we're like, oh, man, God, you called me to mission. God, you called me to be an evangelist. And, and we end up in the belly of a fish. We end up in a place of obscurity. We end up in a place of brokenness. God, deliver me. I forget the name. And we think that like Jonah probably thought God delivered him. And he said, I'm going to go back to my posh, my, 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 my posh life in Israel. I'm going to go back to prophesying to the people who like to listen to me. I'm going to go back to preaching to the people in the church who should already be saved and already be operating in their gifts. I'm going to go back to doing the things that says it's not what happened. God's, but the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You see, when God delivers you and he, and he brings you out of that place of obscurity, it's not just so that way you can walk away from your calling. He still called you. He's still given you an assignment. He still has a mission for you to accomplish. He said, Jonah, go back to Nineveh. Nothing's changed. I don't care if you're 10 years later, 20 years later. You ain't going to have peace in your life until you start accomplishing God's will and purpose for what he has for you. Come on, he has an assignment. You're waiting for a sign. He's already given you an assignment. Come on, when you start operating in the assignment, he's going to begin to bring signs. He's going to begin to bring wonders. He's going to bring what miracles. Say, Lord, let me operate in the miraculous. And then I'll go. No, you got it backwards. He says, go, and then you'll begin to operate in the miraculous, he said, these in, in Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, he said, these are the signs of those who follow Christ. He says, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out demons. He said, these are the signs of those who follow, who are going, who are fulfilling the assignments. The assignment hasn't changed. Friends, 2,000 years. The message of Pentecost hasn't changed. It's, if we don't see signs, wonders, and miracles, it, hasn't had, it isn't because the Holy Spirit has departed from us. It's because we've departed from Him. Come on, if we don't see God moving in our life, it's not because God's far from us. It's because we're running away from Him. Well, God doesn't want to set you free just so that way you can be free. He doesn't want to pay off all your debts so that way you can just be debt free. No, he has an assignment on your life. He wants you to operate it. He wants to set you free like he set Noah free. So why did the religious leaders become angry with Jesus over this comment? I believe it's because worship team, come on up. I believe it's because they betrayed their assignment because they were still looking for a sign. God called the people of Israel. He called this nation to carry the message of Jesus Christ, the message of grace and forgiveness to the world. Yet they were so busy looking for a sign that they forgot to start operating in their assignment. 
church is no different. As soon as the church begins to quit evangelizing, we have, we're off our mission. And how do we do this? Jesus gives us this simple, simple formula. He says, he says this, he says, wait for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. Before you go, get filled with the Spirit. And look, if we get filled with the Spirit, we don't start operating in our assignment. We can find our place far from God. So I believe that God's given us an assignment. God has given us an assignment. It's not like He gave the disciples an assignment. Matthew 28. He says, go. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to do all the things that I command you. And lo, I will be with you always. You see, God is in our going. Jesus, His presence is in our going. In other words, whenever we begin to go and make disciples of the nations, whenever we begin to baptize, whenever we begin to preach, whenever we begin to teach, then He is with us always. Wherever it is that we go, but friends, He ain't staying still waiting on you. Oh, he says, I'm sending you out to every person, to every tribe, to every nation. Come on, to every business, to every school, to every family. I give you the power to do this. Well, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is more than just a worship style. It's more than just a doctrinal position. It's more than just a belief system. It's more than just a sign. Come on, it is the power to complete the assignment that God has placed on your life. We need the Holy Ghost. While those religious leaders that Jesus was talking to, they're still looking for a sign. Jesus had anointed and appointed his followers to go out fulfilling the sign. Come on, when we just start looking for signs, we end up with what's called analysis paralysis. You know, I'm, a, I'm bad at that. Some of us are so caught up with what we're going to look like when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that we can't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the lack of surrender. I just want to challenge you with this thought and then we're going to pray. God told, told Jonah to go. Jonah ran the other way. God put Jonah into the fish, belly of a fish. Jonah repented. God spoke to the fish. Jonah set free. Same calling. Jonah obedient to the call. God fulfills His promises. I, I just want to challenge you with this thought. You say, well, Lord, what's my assignment? I'm... God just spoke a word to Jonah to give him an assignment. But God died on a cross to give you one. How much more do we need to get about, to, about the business of the kingdom today than Jonah did then. 
Man, if that doesn't challenge you, wake up. The calling of God, the assignment, go. 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 Maybe it is to Mexico. Maybe it is to Japan. I don't know. Maybe it's across the street. Go. When you want to see God operate supernaturally in your life, go. Quit looking for a sign. Start operating in the assignment. And God's going to operate within you. So this morning, can we stand on our feet? Come on, the gifts of the Spirit are more than just a sign. I've had people say, oh man, the Spirit of God's in them. They can prophesy. They can lay hands on the sick. They can heal. They can do that. Yes, those are the gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts of the, of the Spirit aren't given just so that way we can have a mutual admiration society called the church. Come on, the gifts of the Spirit are given so that way we can accomplish the mission, the assignment that God has placed on your life. Well, I'm praying that right now, right now, right now, that God begins to just give visions and dreams. I'm praying that right now, God begins to just put His, His finger upon some of you here today. Come on, that, 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 when, that when you go to the restaurant, God will give a word of knowledge. God will give a word of wisdom. Come on, that when you say yes to Jesus, come on, He says yes to you. When you say, Lord, I say yes to your spirit, you say, come on, He says yes to us. So this is what I want to do this morning. I, I just want to take a moment. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask, man, if you just need that, if you just want to say yes, if you just need to take some time in repentance this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. Say, Lord, I've ran from your assignment on my life. I've been looking for a sign. I've been looking for a word. Friends, in the words of a, fra- a famous comedian, here's your sign. A few older people got it. Quit looking for a sign. Start looking for an assignment. Start saying, God, what would you have me to do for you? What would you, where would you send me to accomplish your will and purpose? But he's already given us a sign. He's already given us the Holy Ghost. Come on, if, you, if you've run from him, I want to give you an opportunity just to take some time in repentance. And then I want to come back and pray for you. So worship team, would you just lead us in a, in a song of worship? Would you just, just, just be patient with us this morning? And we're just going to take a moment and worship. And while we're worshiping this, this morning, would you just, just let God speak to you, speak to your heart? Come on, let God speak to your heart this morning. And then we're going to come back and pray and dismiss. Amen.
come on, I know you're feeling a tug. I can feel that God is pulling in your hearts. I can feel the pull. You know what I just saw? I just saw fish. When he told Peter to cast the net, the Bible says that fish began to jump into the boat. God is saying, jump into the boat. Jump into the boat. Why would he have to pull the net in if you just jump in? If you just jump in, come on, there's an anointing in the house right now to pull you. And I can feel it. There's a wooing. The Holy Ghost is wooing and pulling. So I'm going to pray. I'm not even going to look at you. But I'm going to believe that the, the pulling and the anointing and the ability to have yourself jump into the boat. Come on, it's your yes. It's your yes. It's your yes. It doesn't take a net when you say yes. Come on. It doesn't take a net when you say yes. So your yes is everything this morning. Everything this morning. When I pray, this is what I ask of you. Be careful. <laughs> I got a feeling God's going to be drawing pretty quick. When I start to pray, get to the altar. Jump in the boat. Come on, stop being so reserved. You ever seen somebody that's starving and you put a plate of food in the front of them? Come on, I heard somebody say, do they have table manners? Come on, do they have table manners? Come on, if you want to get in the boat, you better get in the boat. Father, I thank you right now that the wooing of the Holy Spirit is greater, God, than the words of the enemy. Father, I pray right now for an anointing in this house, God, for the boat jumpers, Lord, for the ones that say, no, God, I want your presence. I want your presence. I want more, God. I need to know, God, that you're with me. I need to be anointed yet again to do the anointing power of the Holy Ghost preaching, God. I need to know, God, that what you said was real and that it is not dead. It's not dead. I speak life now in the name of Jesus over dead dreams. Now. 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 Come on. Come on. He's pulling. He's pulling. Come on. He's pulling. Go. 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 Go, worship team. Go. 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 Yes, Lord. Pulling. He's pulling. He's pulling. He's pulling. He's pulling. Prayer team. Prayer team. Lay hands. Let's go. Let's go. Hey. Go, go, go. Pour it out, God. Pour it out, God. Hey. More. Hey. More. Fire, 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 fire.
what in the world is happening? Well, let me just tell you what's happening. Jesus is moving and he is in this room. And if you want to be touched by the living God, then you better get up here and get in the boat. You better get up here and get in the boat. Come on. Come on. If you're not receiving right now, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hands. Say this with me. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Everything and anything you want to do, God, I say yes to. I love what Pastor Joe said. Why would he give a gift to somebody that won't use it? We're going to close in a moment. You'll be dismissed. But listen, don't leave this place the same that you came in. If you've got a loved one that needs to be healed, if you've got an ailment in your body, come on, the Spirit of God is here. He's here. And He's able to heal you. He's able to renew you. He's able to give you back the years that the locusts have eaten. The enemy keeps you up in the night hours. He's able to release you. In the name of Jesus. Mm. The depth of his character is greater than yours. The depth of his character is greater than yours. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but it doesn't matter what you think. He can supersede that. So Father, right now, Lord, you continue to do your will, God. You're going to continue to move, Lord, and we will receive what you have for us, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to move on the hearts of those, God, that are here, that don't understand, God. Begin to give them understanding in your word. Begin to give them understanding in your presence, God. As they leave this place, Lord, I pray an anointing on their life to be able to have conviction power of the Holy Ghost. Conviction power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's everything. It's everything. He's everything. He's everything. Come on, say it with me. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything. Father, I plead the blood over yours. The blood of Jesus over you. That the things that God does with you and in you cannot be stolen by the enemy. Come on, the, the, the one that deceives the brethren, the one that steals from those that belong to Christ. We just bind him now in the name of Jesus. And we just lose a fresh outpouring of an anointing on their lives, a fresh outpouring of the presence of God, a fresh outpouring of the understanding of God, a fresh fervor and fire for Jesus. God, that they wouldn't just be able to go about their everyday lives without talking about you. You're the center, God. You're the reason, God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're good. We thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We're going to keep going. I don't know if you want to leave or not. But I'm going to tell you, I don't. Father, I thank you for this time right now, God. And I pray that you would seal it in your precious blood. The worship team's going to keep going. You can stay.
Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name.
So as we were talking about assignments, the Lord just put the, the Beatitudes into my spirit. And it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown glory. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Father God, I just pray that you would assign people right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray over the peacemakers of the house right now, Father God. I pray that you would give us a heart, a heart for peacemakers over this house right now, Father. Father, I silence the mouth of the enemy over gossip over deception, over division in our church right now in Jesus' name. God, Father, you're assigning right now. You're assigning right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Father, I come against oppression. I come against anxiety. I come against panic attacks. I come against night terrors. I come against any attack of the enemy that could steal your children right now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that they would rest. They would have peace in their homes, Father. God, I pray over the peacemakers, Father. Anoint them right now in Jesus' name. Anoint them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for the ones who mourn over our city, Father. God, I pray over the ones who mourn for our city, Father. I pray for the ones who mourn over our city, Father. Lord, give us a heart to mourn for our city, Father, because if we mourn, then it's given to us, Father. Lord, if we fight for it, it's given to us. Father, I pray for fighters. Fighters who are willing to humble themselves enough to mourn for those who are lost. Fighters who are humble enough to put their self aside to say, Jesus, this is yours. Lord, I can't do it alone. I never could. Father, I never could and I never can. Father, I can't do it alone. Father, we need you in our city, Father. God, I pray that the families in this house would just have a heart for our city, Father. God, I pray that you would give us the nations in this house right now. Jesus, give us the nations. Give us the nations. Father, I pray that you would assign us nations today, Father. God, I pray that people would wake up in their sleep, Lord, and they would have to pray over this earth because who else will if we won't? Who else will if we won't? Who else will if we won't? Who else will if you won't? You're waiting for someone else to do what God's assigned you to do. You're waiting 
for someone else to step out and do your job. You say, God, <laughs> I'm too small. I can't do that alone. He didn't ask you to do it alone. He asked you to give it to him. He didn't ask you to do it. Sometimes whenever God gives us an assignment, it's not meant for the moment. But it doesn't mean that it's ever forgotten. Your promise is never forgotten. Sometimes it's just not for the moment. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, To set a fire down in my soul that can't contain the joy. I want more. I want more. Set a fire down in my soul that can't contain the Yeah. Mm-hmm.